Hey, okay, I think I am all set and recording properly. So, are you recording on the laptop? Yeah. And I'm so on speakerphone. You're on speaker. Oh uh, yeah, I'm in a. I'm downstairs in the basement. Everyone else is upstairs. But yeah, the laptop is recording, um, and you're on speaker. Okay. Cool. So it's not going to be perfect quality, but I think it'll get the job done. Okay. All right. Um, cool. Well, I guess let's just say we'll just start our <laughs> intro and then just like our other race, get right into it. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the final grand finale episode of voice notes well it's not the grand finale forever it's just this is the end of season one yep hey everybody this is a special edition episode for iron man 7.3 chattanooga yep so this will be our official race report and maybe just a little bit of housekeeping um before we wrap up this season and uh and yeah but uh, thank you for tuning in we're excited that you are listening oh my gosh i can't believe it's over that's, i know that's my first thought i can't believe that it's over so i think all of that i mean we're over just a hair over 30 episodes um that was like an 18 week <laughs> training block and just so much build up to this one race yeah that's crazy. It feels crazy to be on the other side. Yeah. It feels good. It feels exciting. But also just like, not going to lie, a little, I'm a little bit relieved. I'm kind of glad it's over. Are you? I'm a little relieved. I'm also a little sad. I'm also pretty fired up for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been in my house, like, uh, I'm storing everything. But I've been, like, organizing my stuff, unpacking, getting things uh, ready for the next block. So I'm, like, pumped. That's that's impressive. <laughs> You're, like, already... <laughs> like, no, I like, of course I'm fired up, too. But I think we can get into this maybe later on. I think I was definitely in some heavy burnout and just, like some super low points and so to finally just get rid of the stress and be like done and over with yeah. everything and we'll get into it this part too but the race went really well so i just think all of that combined a big relief like a huge relief and like i'm ready to take you know this week just as such a good physical and mental and emotional reset and then yeah. i yeah, you and I will have to dig in to see what our next race is going to be because I, oh, no. for sure, I'm fired up. Me too. Well, do you want to go first? Let's keep the tradition. You going first. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So let's, yeah, let's dive in. Okay, so race support. Um, I'm sure you'll have a few things to touch on as far as getting in and whatnot too. But yeah, getting in was fairly easy and straightforward. Um, you know, we really like Chattanooga. We've been there a couple times, just a cool little city. And it seems to just get sort of like upgrades every time we go back there, whether it's like coffee shops or the roads themselves. So um, yeah, really nice all around. We had a great hotel um, location and uh, yeah, everything went really smooth. So um, we, Leanne and I didn't do 
any like swimming or biking as far as shakeouts go pre-race. The only thing we got in was a short little run, um, just kind of check out the run course. And, and then, yeah, race morning was here before we knew it. So um, got up, headed to transition, got everything set up. And then, I mean, thank goodness, the I this race has like over 3,000 people. This is for sure the biggest race I've ever done. I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen a transition like that. It was huge, sprawling, so many people. Insane, like a sea of bikes. Just crazy stuff. So, yeah. Um, but props to Iron Man because I feel like everything actually, for considering that many people, the, between the shuttle buses to get us to swim start and everything oh, else, yeah. it went really smooth. For sure. I totally agree. I hadn't even thought about that, but mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So props to them on that. So transition setup was, was easy, pretty straightforward. Got on the shuttle up to the swim start and then... We struggled to get in line for porta potties for a while, and it kind of turned into this little fiasco. So, long story short, like um, I missed my swim corral, like start time. So by the time I finally got my wetsuit, like we got out of the bathrooms or got, you know, finished the bathroom fiasco, and I got my wetsuit on, the race had basically already started. So I didn't get to start in the swim corral that I wanted to. And for those of you who don't know, it's a self-seated swim start so they have like kind of sections you go walk into like you're waiting in one big line but if your if your estimated swim finish time let's just say is 30 minutes you walk up to like the front of the line where the 30 minutes start line is uh, or or a little corral is and then it just kind of there's different sections as you get kind of um, back towards the end of the line and so i missed it so um jump in the water and had to fight through so many people um, just to get some clear water and work my way through just like the whole crowd. So um, that was kind of a bummer as far as the swim goes, but everything else in the swim went really well. Um, I just felt calm, relaxed. I kept it conservative because I knew that I just had a long day ahead of me. And um, so I, I stayed within myself on the swim and exited went really well i honestly did not check my watch nearly all day so i at the time i didn't know what my swim time was but i went into transition had a smooth transition and wetsuit came flying off i I cut the legs a little bit more so uh between that and the tri slide it just flew right off which was great Uh, and then jumped on the bike and headed off so here's here's where my day got a little bit tricky because um, you know, and I don't know how much in depth I've really gone into this on the podcast, but like, if you guys could see my training peaks, you would see that I've gone on maybe like three or four runs in the past, like two months and a handful of really bad indoor bike rides for the past like month or so. So my run, my biking and run training has been almost non-existent for someone who was attempting to complete a 70.3 how many outdoor rides tell them that (laughs) Uh, my only outdoor ride was my sprint triathlon race (laughs) (laughs) so that was my only outdoor ride so everything else was on the trainer i didn't get a ride in longer on the the only the longest ride i did on the trainer was two and a half hours and it was pitiful like i just i like um, hobbled my way through that two and a half hour ride. So, 
Um, I really didn't know what was going to happen. I, yeah. <laughs> Basically, my goal for the race uh, was just to get to the finish line and just see what would happen. So uh, I got on the bike, headed out, was feeling really slippery in the air and just tried to stay aero. I knew that I knew that I couldn't push a lot of power um, and I knew this course was incredibly well, I don't want to say hilly, but it had some it was a rolling hills course. Um, we had quite a bit of a headwind, so I knew that staying as aero as possible was, was going to um, be a huge benefit to me. And so that's what I did. And up until about like 30 miles in, I felt like I was flying. I think both checkpoints, um, I was averaging 22 miles an hour and which was super surprising again, just considering the training. So uh, I was feeling good, feeling good. And then like mile 31 rolls around and I was like, oh no, like my body, everything just kind of like came crashing down. And from then on out, I just kept having these like high and low points. Um, the legs really started feeling it. I started sitting up more, um, you know, out of the aero bars and was just like, all right, I just, let's just keep it conservative from here on out, um, fight the headwind and just kind of hang in there. My fueling and hydration went really well. My plan worked super great there. So, um, props to scratch labs for keeping me fueled properly on that one. Um, and then, yeah, so was able to, to bring the bike in. I will say that we can, we can dive into maybe some of the things we're picky about, but like, God, with 3000 people, the drafting, mm. I mean, some of these people were just on Sunday morning group rides. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it was so bad. Full um, blown conversations two by two. Yep. Yep. And just, and there was this one group that I kept passing and then they would pass me and then I'd pass them again and they were just literally sitting on each other's wheels and I would just like shake I wanted to say something but I also didn't like want to waste my breath so I just made sure that I like shook my head really obviously in disapproval (laughs) every time I rode by them uh but yeah other than that I closed out the bike um feeling really tired and exhausted like my as far as like my legs go my my cardio um, energy levels, like my cardio system didn't feel too taxed, uh, the whole race. It was just the muscle fatigue because they just weren't used to doing that. So came into T2, um, T2 transition was smooth and, um, had no issues there except for the transition is like the transition area and Leanna will explain it too, is so big. I mean, that has to be what a football field. I mean, Oh yeah. 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 yeah, For sure. I mean, definitely that big in that wide yeah it for sure has to be that so you're that's basically how far you're running from one end to the other and got out of transition and just like instantly felt the worst like lockup type cramping pain in my quads um it was so bad and i thought okay like 50 yards in 100 yards in it's still not going away um, I saw Mac and the kids and Brooke cheering me on, uh, maybe like a hundred yards right out of T2. And I gave him a high five and I thought like, Ooh, I really don't know how much farther I'm going to be able to go. Um, but I kept pushing just a little bit more and then like maybe like a minute more. And then I stopped because I genuinely thought like I, this might be my first DNF because I cannot move my legs. Um, it hurts so bad. Like it doesn't just feel like a normal cramp. Like I feel like I'm doing damage to my quads. 
So I stopped on in mile one of the run. I'm like massaging my quads. I'm trying to pull a Christian Blumenfeld where he's just like pressing into his quads. Um, and sat there just trying to like stretch out and nothing was really working. But I was like, okay, let me just, I, I like, I really don't want to DNF, but I don't know how much farther I'm going to be able to go. So um, I decided to just try to go a little bit further. I even walked for a second then slowly ease it into a jog. It wasn't, so the cramps or the pain, whatever it was, it wasn't getting worse, um, but it also wasn't getting better. So I just, the motto for the run just became, okay, see, go a little bit further and see what happens. And then also just try to get to the finish. I didn't have a got to, uh, time goal for this race. Um, I didn't have, literally I had no expectations and no time goals. It was just like, let's just see what happens. So, um, Oh, and I knew that this run course was relatively hilly. So I stuck to it. I just, every aid station, I walked, dumping water on myself, trying to like confuse my body so it didn't feel the cramps anymore. Um, I even tried uh, Coke for the first time on the run course. Like they always have it at aid stations, but I've never tried it. And I thought, okay, maybe this will like block the pathways to my brain and confuse it so I don't feel the the <laughs> cramps anymore and it actually did work for a little bit but um I just didn't I di obviously didn't have any speed or power left so I just tried my best I stuck it out and I think I was at mile eight and I decided to finally look at my watch and I saw that the total time for the day was four hours and 30 minutes and I was like holy cow like <laughs> I'm so my I've only done 170.3 before this. It was Haines City, which is a completely flat course. And that was my first one, first 70.3 ever. And I went 509, or I'm sorry, 503. And so when I saw on this one, and I trained for that. I trained hard. I had a good buildup, um, and I went 503. But for this one, I didn't think that was even remotely possible. But when I came around at mile eight and I saw that, I was like, holy cow, I might actually get close to that. And I've done almost zero <laughs> training. Like, this is insane. Um, so I just kept pushing through. Uh, you know, I was it kind of like an, I set myself an own little personal goal right there to just see if I could do it? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like the end of the world if I couldn't make it. But um, I just kept pushing. I finally made it to like the last mile and tried to pick it up, up a little bit. And the cramps just got even worse. But I just like fought through it. And, uh, and crossed the finish line with a time of 5.09. So um, it's funny, I, I keep thinking about it and I'm just on cloud nine that like, I'm so ecstatic and so I'm proud of myself for fighting through it um, and for giving it a shot. I'm so happy to, and this is just like a, it's a relief that it's over, but I, I think this is also, it reminds me of my very first race back um, when I first started triathlon back up again and I got second in my age group. Um, and it just, that felt like such a point in my, in my corner, I guess that like, maybe I am kind of good at this. And that it's, was a very similar feeling for Chattanooga. It just was like, wow, like, look what I can do with like <laughs> almost the worst possible situation. Um, and so it just, yeah, it lit a fire under me, but it was just like, wow, this, this feels really good. It, it was, I fought through it as, you know, um, and I'm proud of myself for that. And now I just can't wait to see what I can do with like some really proper training, 
Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, that was pretty much the day. I think I blabbered on a little bit too much there, but. No, that was perfect. And I, I just want to say that, um, as a fan of yours, I'm really excited to see, I mean, that being your result with the lead up that you had, which was, uh, I guess less than ideal for like from what you would want. Um, imagine what it would be like if you were able to be super consistent, building volume throughout, tapering nicely, and being able to race with that volume behind you. Yeah, for sure. That's so exciting to be able to see. I mean, because this is your base. That's just your natural ability. That's how I look at it. Yeah. That 509 that you did yesterday was your base ability yeah that's that's incredible thank you and and just as a quick shout out to so everyone knows like i just want to thank you for being just the most incredible friend and training partner and support system um i'm I'm just very lucky to to have you in my life so thank you for thank you for all that likewise so I, I guess the only thing I would say to just close out this little re- race recap is that I, I think going forward, the new time goal or new goal, I guess I need to set for myself is uh, trying to break four and a half hours. I think that's a really big kind of scary goal um, that feels yes. almost impossible, but I do think it's in the realm of possibility. So I do too. Put that too. out there. Yes. All right. I love a lofty time goal. Yep. That's for sure. That's a lofty one. But possible. So possible. I do think it's possible. Yeah, I'm not I'm not asking to go sub four hours yet, but uh, baby steps. We'll get there. So let's let's knock thirty minutes off and see what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's lofty in the amount of time that you're trying to reduce, but not too lofty that is out of the realm of possibility so yeah that's exciting all right your turn okay um oh my gosh we have to go all the way back so getting into Chattanooga this was my first time to Chattanooga uh Brooke and I our first time to Chattanooga um so we were really impressed with the city Brooke's already been like we've got to go back um, and she's actually excited to go back next year to race. So we can talk about that. But um, hey, yeah, we got in. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got in. We were a little bit more outside of the city than Cam was located. So we kind of treated Cam's hotel as our base. I mean, it was uh, like three. His was like a three-minute walk from transition. So that was rad. But we were kind of out of the city. Um relatively quieter i would say but um but more inconvenient time or um placement but it was a nice little airbnb we got in super comfortable um so yeah checking in everything was so smooth um i love the anticipation the day before the athlete briefing oh we got to see the pro panel so paula jackie herring sky monch and jenny metzler um Cam didn't mention all the little pro sightings that we had. That was super fun. Yes. Um, Jenny Metzler <laughs> told me good luck back. That was fun. Uh, we also saw Rach McBride. Um, I didn't see Sarah True. Mm-mm. No. But um, 
Well, we saw most everybody that was um, in the race, so that was really exciting. Anyways, okay, so let's get to my race. Um, race morning. Oh, I got four hours of sleep the night before. That was the worst sleep I've ever had before a race. I was shocked. I was still confident going to bed. So that was pretty disappointing, but, you know, I don't know how much of a factor it played. I got good rest leading into the race. Um, but, yeah, we were up super early. We got the transition. Everything went super smoothly. Somebody had switched my bike around facing the other direction at some point in the morning, which really, really irritated me. And Yeah, don't do that, people. That, that was so rude. In fact, that was the second time that also happened at John Tanner. Um, I mean, he asked me, or he switched it for me with me standing there. So, I mean, that's slightly less bad. But this guy had switched it before I got there. And it made for, it 100% affected my transition times. Absolutely. That was really annoying. But whatever. Um, we did that. We got on the shuttle. All of it was great. This, the the swim start, he t- uh, can't touch on it. It was kind of chaos. So many people, sea of people. I didn't get into the water until 40 minutes after our gun went off. Um, so that was a lot of standing around. Um, I ate a street waffle beforehand, 150 calories. That can will play into what happened later. But um, the swim... Uh, the swim for me went well. I think it did because um, there was a, I, I did a course correction at one point that put me more in the center of the river, which I was checking my watch in the swim. I've never done that before, but I was curious about if the course correction affected me. Um, and it did. I could tell that the current was carrying me, so I was proud of myself for doing that and adjusting in the moment. Um, and so, yeah, my swim was pretty good, got out. Um, I didn't push it on the swim, but I did stay really mentally focused on my form, which I'm proud of. I mean, just, I think, benefited me, and I did well at that, Okay. Um, and then we got out. I opted to participate in the wetsuit stripping fiasco. So fun. Love it. Would recommend to everyone. Um, that's just a thrilling experience. And Wait, helpful. just explain explain what that is real quick for the people okay, that may not know. So for, if you haven't done a wetsuit, strip, strip, wetsuit stripping, they've quit doing it during COVID. But they've brought it back and what you do is you run up to all the volunteers there's a hefty amount of them and they'll stand there with their hand up so it's a very very quick process you're not waiting in line um but you run you lock eyes with the, with the person you run over there and you flip down on your back stick your legs up in the air and they grab the top of your wetsuit i, I mean you pull it down to your waist and then they grab it and just whoosh slink it off of you so fast i don't know how it goes so fast but then they just shove it in your arms and you take off running um so that was super smooth for me and it was nice all i'll say i'll say this it was nice already having my wetsuit off for the whole long run Mm. into transition because wasn't that a long run i mean what did it end up being a third of a mile 
I mean, it it, it has to be. It's like a it, it's for sure a full football field. Yeah. So that was kind of nice to not have my stiff little legs. Yeah. It's, it's not the best. Um. Okay. Yeah. So my location and transition was as good as I could have hoped for because I only had to run probably 20 yards, eh, maybe like 30 yards with my bicycle, which I appreciate because it's kind of awkward running with your bike and with so much traffic in there. Um, it's nice to not have to dodge people all the way through transition with your bicycle. Um, anyways, get on the bike. The bike was the bike leg, the course, everything. Y'all know I have been going on and on and on about the elevation game in prep for this race. But I got to tell you, I really, really enjoyed the bike. I've never enjoyed a bike course as much as I did this bike course. Um, as far as just like beauty, um, you have the, the Tennessee and Georgia, North Georgia mountains in the background. Um, it was relatively smooth. There were certainly some patches that were a disaster for people's water bottles. Um, I actually hit a cap of a water bottle and it like made my front wheel jump into the air and twist and I had to course correct really quickly. It was pretty scary. I was like, oh my God, that was almost my race. It was shocking for a moment there, but I just moved on from it. Um, super crowded. I had to break a lot because of the crowding that was irritating. But overall, I felt like in the moment, my bike was so good. I mean, I certainly exceeded my expectations. So if that's what I'm going for here, I succeeded. Um, now, I made a questionable decision on the bicycle, and that was to not get another water bottle and to not use the porta potty, which was my plan. Um, and to pee because I didn't have to pee. So then I was like, did I not drink enough water? But then it was like, I also wasn't sure if I ate enough on the bike. Now, my coach and I had a conversation last night and Kim, I haven't filled you in on this, but we did talk. She wrote out the numbers for the calories that I ate on the bike. And I ended up being where I should have been on the bike. So... I mean, now it definitely is questionable. I don't know if that was a bad decision or if it was a good decision to not stop. But in the moment on the bike, I was feeling really good. I was pushing hard, um, not outside of my ability, but I was pushing hard enough to be like, um, I, oh, I made a joke in my head. I was like, someone needs to drug test me because I'm on fire today and I'm exceeding <laughs> expectations. <laughs> I was like, did I eat something um, with some drugs in it? I don't know. Tainted burritos. Yeah. Um, some pork belly or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm vegetarian. Um, so I felt really good. That's just all I'm trying to say. Uh, and... And then where was I going with that? I don't know. Uh, oh, oh yes. So I felt really good. And I was like, I am making the decision to prioritize this bike leg. I'll do my best on the run. But I really want good numbers on this bike. Because 
the bike is my weakest link always has been i hope one day it won't be but it is consistently my worst leg in a triathlon and i was like let me do my absolute best here so i was like okay i'm not gonna stop for a third water bottle and i'm not gonna stop to pee i want to get all the way through this thing and be able to see what my true numbers were so that's what i did um i felt really arrow and proud so there that's the end of the bike going to transition guess what i do have to pee so i had to stop in t2 to pee and that was annoying but onto the run the run we had checked out a bit of the run prior so like i knew the hills i also knew the hills just from on paper um but during the first loop there's two loops of this course during the first loop when I got to mile six and had all the hills behind me, I I was thinking to myself, and I hit my target pace, which was a conservative pace. I wasn't trying to go all out yesterday, but um, I had just a conservative number that I kind of wanted to hit for average minutes per mile. And at mile six, I was on it. Actually, I was slightly under it. I was like a minute or so under it. And I was like, okay, you know what? Those hills, there's like three really bad spots. Uh, and coach told me to walk one of them, even with walking one of them and walking a few aid, station, aid stations to get water and ice. I was on target. So I was like, this is great. And the rest of the course is quite flat or downhill. And I was like, I can totally do this again. So I wasn't even dreading the second loop. So unlike me. At the half of any event, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm only halfway done. But yesterday, I was like, I can do that again. I think I can. Okay, well, at mile seven, it just crumbled for me. And talking with my coach, there are a number of things that may have happened. I think we ended up calling it a mini bonk, and... Some solutions that could have helped were eating more, eating correctly. Mm -hmm. Like, I opted to go for some of the Morton gels because the only gel that I owned had caffeine in it. And I didn't want caffeine for some reason. I think because I didn't want my heart to spike. But caffeine at the end of the day is a tool used in this sport um to i mean yesterday i couldn't even get my heart rate to go up i couldn't even go fast enough for my heart rate to get in the danger zone i never had to correct for my heart rate because i couldn't even get it up on the second lap so if i had had caffeine i should have taken my caffeine gel um and then my coach you mentioned coca-cola my coach told me that next time in that situation, I should try Coke because it was also my stomach and palate fatigue in my mouth. I didn't want to eat anything and I didn't want to put anything else in my stomach like I was just over ingesting things. So I wasn't overheated. I kept ice on me. I had water on me. I did not feel overheated, um, but my stomach and my mouth just didn't want to ingest anything. And then it was mainly just my legs hurt. My legs were just so tired, heavy, exhausted, shuffling, 
unable to increase my cadence, didn't have the willpower to increase my cadence. And from there, it was just like my pace was just steadily kind of dropping. And the last four miles were so difficult. So difficult. Um, and I mean, that, that, that basically summarizes the last four miles. <laughs> I was just like, it's just four more. It's just three more. Just keep pushing those little legs. I was like, walk if you need to. I think the only time I did walk was up that one hill. And then I did walk for like 30 seconds on a flat. I have never done that in high school. I always can just force myself to keep going. But I did take a little break. That's how I was feeling. So I don't know what that says. But yeah, so we coach and I talked about nutrition, if that was part of it, if caffeine was part of it, you know, um, you know, also where my cycle, my menstrual cycle was, could have been part of it. I mean, now it kind of sounds like I'm making, like not making excuses, but like a list. It's not a list of excuses. It's a list of like things to keep in mind next time. Yep. That's what I'm looking at it as. And uh, the Coca-Cola thing, Coach was like, you have to have, because I said something negative, you know. And then my coach was like, you have to have these experiences to know, yep. to yep. learn. And I was like, well, dang, when you put it that way. <laughs> so Coach was really proud of me. And I think at the very end of the race, when I went to the finish line, and I looked down on my watch and I saw my time and I saw that my time was slower than my first 70.3 by, I think it was four minutes. I mean, I can't lie. I was, I had pretty big feelings of like disappointment. Um, when you do some mathematical equations, you can see that actually I, the run and the bike were better. So I see now that my performance was much better than I thought initially, but I was sad at first. Um, and then after talking to Coach, after thinking through everything, I'm glad that we didn't record this podcast yesterday <laughs> because I was pretty down in the dumps. But today I feel, like I said, totally fired up and um understanding where I might have went wrong and also understanding where I have improved, genuinely improved, and how I'm on an upward uh projection of ability. So, you know, good, feeling good, feeling a little sad, but mostly feeling good and I cannot wait to go into a race feeling like I want to redeem myself. Like, that's exciting. Absolutely. And it's ex- I, I've never had an experience where I feel like I have to get redemption and that, like, that being a motivator. So I'm excited for that opportunity, for real. Well, I hope you know that I'm incredibly proud of you and your Thank coach you. is proud of you. All of our fam is proud. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think 
this goes to show that like the experience you had, you know, there's pros out there who have everything dialed and then sometimes it's just like it doesn't work. Like it's just Exactly. We've seen that time and time again with these pros who have every resource available to them and you think that they don't really have bad races and it's but it's that's not true. Like they do have bad yeah. races and, and that stuff happens and that's just kind of part of this crazy sport where we're literally trying to master three sports, you know, back yeah, to back to back. For sure. Um Yeah. I mean, and I was thinking I mean, because people at the race, you know, you look at their race recap Instagram captions, you know, and they also are feeling the same way that I did, even though they're <laughs> running legitimately twice as fast as me but like still feeling like that same type of way and uh and it makes me i don't know i mean obviously that makes you feel a little bit better knowing that everybody this is just part of it yep it really is and you know the thing that makes me proud of myself in this sport and the reason i do this sport has nothing to do with one two three days a year race day mm-hmm. you know the reasons i'm proud of and the reasons that i do this is for the every day of my life consistency priority working hard honesty with myself through the whole training block that's what makes this sport for me so like i haven't lost anything oh my gosh no you get i mean talk about a learning experience the knowledge you gained, the mental strength you gained. I mean, like, so many positive takeaways from from your race. Yeah, and I really, really do feel that. I'm not just saying that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can say that Um, now that you've had, you know, 24 hours to digest Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not exactly how I felt yesterday, but um, it really is how I feel. Like, that's the reason... I do the sport is because I'm proud of um, working so hard for something that feels nice. Yeah, absolutely. I I wish more people could experience that. Even it, and it doesn't have to be half Ironman. It could literally just be like a local park run five k. Yeah, um, it's just that that feeling of accomplishment uh, is uh, is really incredible. Especially when you people don't you know people often ask like Mac had friends asking like oh how far is half Ironman? She's telling them. And we were talking after and I was just saying, yeah, you know, it's always funny to tell people the distance and they're always like, oh, wow, that's so crazy. But they don't realize how many miles we had to cover just to get to the start line. <laughs> like, Yeah. I mean, yeah. So this was, yesterday was just one day yep. of <laughs> work. We had 18, 19 weeks mm-hmm. of working every day. And that regardless is something that I can look back on and be proud of, you know? Absolutely. So, and it's setting me up for the next race. Yep. This was all, I mean, all that fitness, it doesn't just wipe away clean and then you go to the next race. I'm going to use that fitness and use the time. I mean, if you go back to like the first couple of episodes of this season, You'll hear me say things like, I want to organize my swim stuff properly so that it's easier for me to get in and out of the pool. (laughs) I want to, you know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that I prep things two days in advance and get my home life structured 
in a way that makes this less stressful for me. And um, if that was my goal for the season, I totally accomplished it. That's incredible. Boom. Yeah. So now I can go into the next train block with everything that I just learned. You know? And you too. Oh, yeah. We're, like you said, we're not, whole... we're not starting fresh. Like, yeah. This, we're using this as the platform that'll launch us into whatever the next race is, which we have not decided on yet. <laughs> we'll probably, uh, I mean, I have a feeling we'll probably do some more Try the Parks events this this season yeah um, but as far as our next a race we uh we need to we're gonna have to take some time to really think about that yeah we gotta we gotta make some decisions whether we're gonna do it together separate sharp at each other yep where when we got we gotta discuss all that and i'm excited to do that too <laughs> i'm excited for it like I said, I, I feel kind of a sense of calm, patience, and reassurance, um, but super, super motivated. And if I, oh, here's a quick thing. I think, would you do um, Chattanooga again next year if the opportunity came up? Yes. Yeah, yes. same here. 100%. Um, definitely, right, would, to anyone who's thinking about doing that course, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, don't let the anything about it scare you. And by that, I mean the hills. <laughs> I would, to me, that felt like a rolling hills course. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the bike was rolling hills. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's our, that's our race weekend recap. Um, our season one grand finale. Uh, I think we're probably going to take a little bit of time off here and mm-hmm. then um, we'll come back with season two once we figure out our next race, I think. Yep. Oh, I'm excited for season two. That's kind of fun. I, it's so crazy to like look back and think like we started this just for fun. <laughs> just like a fun <laughs> little, fun little side thing. So for our own memories and here we are, you know, 30, I don't remember exactly where 31, 32 episodes, um, a full season later. And we're now talking about season two and we've got, We've got like actual people listening, so thank you guys. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it's been a really fun ride, and I'm excited to do it again. Yep. Well, thanks everybody, and we'll catch you in the next one. All right, guys, have fun training. Take it easy. Uh, oh, make sure you are following us on Instagram for uh, race updates, uh, when season two is coming, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, we'll put all of that in the show notes and, uh, yeah. Thank you for coming along on season one. Bye guys. <laughs> hey guys, it's Kim. I just wanted to say thank you for uh, listening to this episode. If you want to stay up to date with all the things Leigh and I are up to, uh, you can follow us on Instagram. I'll go ahead and put our profiles in the show notes. And if you want to, uh, stay, on top of all of our training and kind of other fun things that we're doing, head to Bricky Athletics Club on YouTube and you'll be able to find a lot of cool videos there. All right. We appreciate you guys. Uh, we hope you have a good week and we'll see you next time.